You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 7th through Sunday, July 10th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Wild Rivers. Initially formed as a folk duo out of college, Wild Rivers has grown in numbers and sound, a sound that harkens back to Laurel Canyon-era folk rock. Wild Rivers will be performing on Saturday, July 9th at 2.45 p.m. at the Snowberry Field stage. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Well, Wild River is coming to Birds Hill to play the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Andrew Oliver from the group joins me. How are you doing, Andrew? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. So you're, I've, I've, I've seen it described as bass, guitar, and other things is your, your contributions to <laughs> Wild Rivers. Uh, is that just because you just like so many instruments, you just kind of ran out of space to write about them all or what? Uh, <laughs> Um, no, it's kind of been a journey. Uh, I started with the band playing bass and then um, slowly pawned off the bass to Devin and I started playing guitar mostly. Um, and now we have a full-time bass player, Abby. Um, and yeah, and the other things I guess refers to uh, when we're recording, I do a bunch of like kind of little synth um, ear candy kind of stuff. Okay, so it's just like kind of the the... The ornamentation and the like flourishes on on the record. That's you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
How did that uh, get sorted out in terms of like, like it's just like an ongoing development in terms of like shifting responsibilities or like have you guys ever actually like specifically said, oh, I'm going to do this now? Um, no, it was kind of it was kind of a slow, um, a slow process. I growing up, I always played played guitar and never really uh, like I liked playing bass, but never really saw myself as a bass player. And then um, when Dev and Cal were kind of the two singers in the band were uh, kind of doing coffee houses and stuff like that. And they had a drummer we we're mutually friends with and they wanted to start some kind of uh, band to play the first like real live show. And um, yeah, I guess when you have a drummer, it kind of makes sense to have a bassist before you have a guitarist and, and Cal's a good guitarist too. So um, I just started on bass and then yeah, slowly, uh, I would add little guitar parts and then for those songs we'd have to hand the bass to Dev and uh, yeah kind of just slowly slowly developed and now and now we have now we're a five piece so uh, so we got a real professional bass player playing with us right now I'd read that Devin and Cal met at Queens were you were you at Queens too is that how you connected with them or how did that happen no I was I was at Western um, but that drummer I mentioned Ben he uh me and him grew up in the same hometown together and we played in bands together and he went to Queens with them. So he was kind of the, the connection. Right. So like sonically, did you guys all have kind of a, a connection? Like musically, did you have kind of similar influences or it was just simply like timing and, and personalities rather than music tastes that brought you together? There was, um, there was a lot of music we kind of converged on, but I think especially back then it was, uh, more about just like us all wanting to pursue music and less um about the specific i guess uh kind of like genre or, or taste um they were coming from a more like folky singer songwriter kind of background and uh i was a little more into like indie rock and um and kind of like uh, hip-hop and stuff that is it's a little more production based and uh um but when we met and kind of after our first few rehearsals, I just realized how talented they were and how serious they were about it. And, uh, and yeah, we kind of just uh, never really foresaw it being a super long-term thing, but it's just slowly developed into this, um, this thing that we get to do all the time. Was, was there a period at which you realized like, oh, this is, this is an ongoing thing and not just kind of this side side thing or, you know, yeah, hobby. I think in like 2017 or something like that, we had a stretch where we did like a ridiculous amount of shows, just like uh, like uh, almost like a nearly a couple hundred in a year, and and uh, it was just like, well, okay, this is this is it now. So, I, the the most recent record, Sidelines. Uh, I mean, as with a lot of records released in in the last little while. Uh, COVID played an impact, uh, whether in the recording or in the creation of, of, of the record. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk about kind of like the lead up to sidelines and like where things were at, like with the band creatively and what you guys were talking about, you what you wanted the record to be. For sure. Yeah, we had done the first full length album in 2016. And then um, the years after that kind of just did EPs and, and uh, slotted in some time uh, between touring to just do singles and stuff like that but always in the back of our mind we were building towards like another full-length album um, and then so yeah we 
we recorded um, Songs to Break Up to, the EP, in, uh, in 2018, and then drove to, um, to, we recorded it in LA, or sorry, in Nashville, and then we drove to LA and uh, rented a house together for like six months and just wrote songs. Um, and it was kind of the first time we'd set aside like a dedicated period of time to just write together and figure out what the album was going to be. Um, and it was super fun. We'd just like hang out during the day and cook together and stuff like that. And then uh, at night, just we had all our recording equipment in the living room and we would just write and jam. And so we did that for a few months and, uh, and came up with like a ton of, of demos and then came home and the plan was to go to Connecticut to record with Peter Cadis, who's like a producer we've kind of looked up to for a long time. He did like Paper Kites and The National and um, a bunch of great stuff. And yeah, so we went there for a couple of weeks and then the pandemic hit and we kind of came home um, and we were half finished and it was kind of like a we took a break trying to figure out how we were going to do this remotely. And then we ended up just doing it kind of piece by piece in a bunch of different studios around Toronto and um, in our houses and apartments and stuff like that. The, I know you toured with paper kites at one point. Is that kind of what led you to Peter or like, had you kind of like heard his stuff before that and, and knew that it was kind of someone that you'd wanted to work with? We had we had known his name before and he was kind of on our like long list of producers uh, for the album. And then just touring with the Paper Kites, we heard they had just like had that recording process with him uh, pretty recently to when we were touring with him. So uh, touring with them. So, um, yeah, we just heard a bunch of stories the whole time about how how well that process was. And we loved the sound of that record. So we had we had them in mind before, but they were kind of what confirmed it for us. And they were the actual um, people that made the connection with us. He came out to one of the shows in New York where we were both playing and we got to meet him then and just had a great vibe. So was it the, the sound that he'd achieved with say the national or, or the paper kites that you, you were hoping to figure out how, like what wild rivers would sound like with a Peter Cadis touch in in that vein or like was it just kind of a personality thing that you knew you would kind of hit it off with him based on the kind of bands that he has worked with it was a bit of both um like our first records uh kind of were more acoustic instrument based and and not so um production heavy and very focused around the song and we kind of wanted to keep that same focus on the song but then just evolve uh sonically and kind of increase the sonic palette and um he seemed to have done that with bands like with with the national the records kind of get progressively um more sonically interesting but while keeping the the vocals and the the song at the at the forefront so yeah we wanted to to just see what he would um what he could do with us and and what would end up happening and yeah it was awesome he had this just like it's like almost like a victorian old Victorian mansion in Connecticut just filled with gear. Um, so we had a great couple of weeks with, with him then. And then, yeah, just did the rest of the record remotely. Did, did that present any challenge other than like the logistical challenge, uh, you know, finishing it remotely? Like, did you try to like find spaces that somehow captured some of the sounds that he had in that mansion or like, how did you kind of like figure out what to do to, to finish that record? 
it was definitely a learning process. He he did an amazing job of like he would just tell us send me whatever <laughs> you guys feel is good and and then he would just find a way to take it to the next level and make it uh, fit on fit on the album. But yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. We kind of at first we couldn't even see each other like the band in Toronto. It was super locked down, so we're all in our own apartments and um, fortunately like we're all interested in recording and we all kind of do it in our spare time. So um, yeah, we're all kind of in our little comfort zones and we just send files um, to each other, but it was mostly, mostly a logistical challenge because we all knew what we wanted to make. And um, I think it actually gave us some extra time. Like we're supposed to do the whole album in a month. It ended up being like, four or five months um and it kind of just gave us some extra time to to think about it and to reflect on it and to keep trying different parts and it's cool now listening back like uh listen to the song and i'll know this keyboard parts from us from when we were in a studio in kingston and then a guitar part from my apartment and and it's uh yeah it's kind of like a tapestry of of sounds that obviously is not something you, you wouldn't have had that time if you'd just been at Peter's place and, and banged out the record, did did that actually present any kind of like creative bonuses or boons to, to the group to kind of have space to like think about the songs as they were progressing? For sure. I think it ended up, yeah, there was a huge silver lining just to have that, um, have that time to, to kind of work on the parts and, um, yeah, I think the record, we have versions that we recorded originally with Peter uh, and then versions that ended up being on the record. And it's, um, yeah, they kind of have a whole different feel to them. So I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad we ended up getting some extra time to kind of dive a little deeper into each song. Now, did all the songs come out of that that trip to L.A. and that that period where you were all kind of staying together? Um. They most of them did. I think eight of them did. And I think one of them, uh, I believe it was Neon Stars, Cal had done earlier on a writing trip to Nashville. Um, but yeah, the majority of them came out from uh, from that kind of time together in the living room. Now, I read an interview Devin did that described this as maybe a quarter life crisis record in <laughs> some ways. Was that something that you guys were cognizant of or feeling at the at the time or discussed as you know thematically that that was something you were kind of tackling? For sure. I think uh, yeah, kind of prior to recording this, we had um, just been touring a ton and uh, and hadn't had like a ton of time to reflect on like where we were in our lives and stuff like that. And I think this period of time in uh, l a was our first like real kind of opportunity to do that and we just would chat every day about what's going on and what we're feeling and stuff like that and uh yeah kind of came to the realization that um it was kind of a weird a weird point in our lives where our, where our friends were starting to get kind of more serious jobs and settle down and stuff like that and then um yeah we were just trying to figure out where our place was and all that and that kind of ended up being the inspiration to a lot of the songs on the record and the title of the record, as far as I understand it, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then kind of during the pandemic, the titles and the themes, like oh, um, the feeling of being kind of side on the sidelines and looking in on, on 
life kind of became uh, took on a whole new meaning. Right. The like you you said you'd released some singles, you'd released an EP. Like that pace of kind of like having to put out stuff and then sort of stepping back from that and then working on this record was that part of that like reckoning that you guys were doing about like where you were at like because you'd just kind of been in like a churn of like songs for a while yeah i think so it was just a churn of kind of life like songs and shows and um and kind of i guess in in this job you're always kind of like looking to the next thing the next show and the next project and stuff like that and uh yeah, this was just kind of our first period of time to really sit with our thoughts and and uh, and figure out how we were feeling. But yeah, that that definitely contributed to it. So that's like the thematic or like lyrical kind of content. Sonically, like, did you guys have a discussion of kind of like what you wanted the sound to be for this record? We had, um, I guess, it wouldn't be so much a a direct discussion about it. It was more, I think all of our musical tastes have kind of grown closer together over the years. And, um, and it was more just a, a result of what we'd been all listening to together. And, and we kind of spent so much time listening to music in the van and showing, showing each other music that I think we all had a, a sense of, of what we wanted to kind of make. And, and I guess the, the shows kind of also developed, um, developed the sound like, the songs from the first album we kind of play way differently than they sound on the record and that and uh how we kind of started playing them so um yeah it was it was a bit of a discussion but more based on just like references and and kind of our inspirations at the time the change to the the performance like saying reworking some of those early songs is that just by nature of you know now being a five piece and kind of figuring out how everyone kind of apportions their roles or is it just like to keep the songs fresh you kind of have to re recontextualize them for yourselves i think it's a bit of both yeah our like lineup has changed a few times and and every time that happens um the songs kind of naturally change because people have different tendencies and uh and our current drummer um julian and our bassist abby they've kind of like helped push these songs to the next level they always say like what if we did this and, and kind of work on the arrangements and yeah i think it's also to keep them fresh we try and at least every tour and during the tours it's kind of like um fishing or something like that where you try you try something new and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't you got to kind of reel it back in and um yeah yeah we, it's some we try a little bit different every night and then some if sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse and we just keep what's better and then keep keep trying to evolve it right and as far as you know you playing songs for each other in the van like is it specifically to be like hey listen to this this is something we should explore or is it just like i'm really into this and sharing it with with people that you know also love music it's mostly just to, to past the time i guess in the in the van but yeah a lot of it's um there's a lot of like oh hey who's who's this playing and stuff like that and and yeah we we talk about it all the time and um we get excited when we find something that we know the rest of the band will like so yeah it's a bit of just to pass the time and and but definitely we're happy to kind of expose each other to new new stuff 
I've seen comparisons uh, with Wild Rivers to like Laurel Canyon era stuff. Was that what led you to LA to to sit and soak in the in the sun and and start songwriting for sidelines, or was that just you know ease ease of like let's go somewhere where it's nice? I think it, yeah, it was definitely it's a combination of the two. I think we all kind of had a romantic vision of LA, like from Laurel Canyon and just so much uh, so much music history there. And then I also think we we're trying to avoid the winter months here a little bit and just find somewhere, um, yeah, with with nice weather. So yeah, a combination of the two for sure. Right. Now that uh, sidelines is about for a little bit, in terms of reaction to it, like, has there been any surprises, like songs that audiences or or listeners have latched on to that maybe you were surprised by, or you know, specific songs that are, are resonating with crowds? Yeah, there's a um, yeah. It's interesting. It's never it's never what we think uh, are going to be the reactions. And um, like for example, I think Amsterdam kind of seems to be the one that's connecting the most with people, and and we love that song, but didn't necessarily see it as like a a single or anything like that. Um, and that's been a really cool one to play every night and hear people sing along. Um, and then there's a couple that were that were my favorite, I think, um, safe flight, like the last song in the record that, uh, people seem to love live, but, um, hasn't seemed to get quite the, the traction of the rest of the album yet. So I'm still, still waiting for that one to kind of, to hit people. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's never, never what you think is going to happen. What factors go into deciding what's like, what the singles are and how you're going to roll them out? It's kind of just a guessing game and it's working with our team and the label. Um, they kind of send it around to uh, some radio pluggers and stuff like that and see, try and get their reactions and see which ones they um, have a tendency to, to move towards. But I, it's different now when it's a lot of it's streaming and, and uh, like tempo and stuff like that doesn't matter as much, but it's kind of just, a mix of a, a gut feeling between all of us and then our, our team trying to use some like data driven stuff to figure out what, uh, what we should kind of push the most. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just go with gut feel here before I let you go. I want to get you to pick a track off of the record that we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about the song, I'd love to hear that. Sure. I'll go with more or less. It's the first track on the record. Um, it was, I just have like a clear memory of us kind of uh, creating it. We were sitting in the living room uh, in LA and it was kind of dark out at night. And um, yeah, Cal was just kind of working on this uh, keyboard loop and I had a little synth and um, drum machine going and, and Dev just started singing. And it was kind of like one of the least thought out, um, most natural kind of creation processes that we've had together. Um, and yeah, it's kind of a thematic summation of of the of the whole record. So um, yeah, let's go with more or less. All right. Well, we'll give that one a listen. Andrew, thanks very much for taking some time and looking forward to seeing you out at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Thank you. Looking forward to seeing you. First school drove right past it. That car was automatic At the edge of one age In the radio range Mm -hmm. 
Something cutting through the static And oh, all the other ways Try to figure out on your own time Oh, falling out of place Only catch it in your alone time The more I see, the less I know about it Michael Elves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Wild Rivers, who will be performing on Saturday, July 9th at 2.45 p.m. at Snowberry Field Stage at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 7th through 10th at Birdsell Park. 